Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals. All thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Is there a rebellion in MotoGP? Bastianini, Grassini Ducati, first. Brad Binder, KTM, second. Paul Spargo, Repsol Honda, third. Names that we're not used to seeing on the podium. So to answer the question, the man that is right there, pit lane, and now in commentary as well, our good friend Simon Crafer. Hello, Simon. Did you see this one coming? Did you see that podium? Oh, I don't think anyone saw it. Uh, Bastianini, yeah. Uh, also, Martin, people knew that there was a chance because the those boys are amazing, you know, they, 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 they can pull something special out of the bag on Sunday, much like Brad Binder. But, uh, you know, I think overall it's Qatar and the flyaways at the beginning of the year often throw up um, different results. You know, it's not till we get back in Europe that the kind of championship settles down and you see um, the cream float to the top. Not saying those boys aren't cream because they, I think they're cream of the future, you know. So, but uh, g'day, mate. Thanks for coming on uh, this morning. I know you had a bit of a late night and um, celebrating uh, uh, family and daughter's birthday, and and you were still responding to my messages at I think after midnight your time after travelling back from Qatar. So you have been a bit busy. So I appreciate uh, you doing this um, for us. But hey, I mean, gr- awesome to see a start like that and uh, for Grassini, uh, Fasto uh, as well, you know, how the how that all happened and unfolded last year for that team to come out and, and you're right, Bastanini has looked so strong but, you know, what a it is a fairy tale though, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. You know, there was a lot of uh, wet eyes in the pit lane, not not just in their paddock, yeah. their, sorry, their garage. Their whole garage was crying. It was pretty emotional to watch after their team principal died, you know, of COVID and then, or the, the complications after, you know, and then uh, not knowing what they were going to do, whether they were going to carry on and and the team kind of voted to, to carry on um, and, you know, they all wanted to keep wow. racing. Uh, his wife agreed went, okay, let's do it. And they didn't just stay in the smaller classes where they were. And they were partners with Aprilia. You know, they ran the Aprilia uh, official race team. So, But they went out on their own, got Ducatis, 21 model Ducatis, and uh, obviously a, a star young rider, and then turn up and win their first race. It was, I think, it was really emotional to watch for the whole pit lane. You know, everyone had a lump in their throat. It was, it was really cool. Simon, that's the crazy thing, right? They're riding 21 Ducatis, yet the factory team of Miller and Bagnaia don't even finish. How much is that a slap in the face to the factory Ducati team? I think it just shows how easy it is to get lost when you're, well, well not lost, but go off the wrong on the wrong trail when you're trying to improve, you know, because a 21 Ducati was the, the bike to be on, you know. It, it, all last year, 
especially towards the end, it was clear it was the best machine, you know, overall. And not just the fastest, but it worked pretty much in all areas and uh, for the first time, really. And then to try and improve it, and really all they did was uh, all new engine internals made more power. The problem was it didn't deliver it as smooth. And this championship is all about getting the most out of the tyres you have. You know, it always has been. Even in my day before me, it's always been about getting the best out of the rubber you've got on the bike. And the power not being delivered as smoothly means it starts to spin up spin up off the turn, you know, you know, rear wheel spin. Once they start spinning, apparently, because they've got so much power and torque, they don't hook up again. And, you know, all the way off the turn, so they lose that whole drive onto that straight. So, apparently, they've, they've been trying to fix it, you know, with bike set up, you know, putting more weight on it, but that affects other areas. And in general, they were just behind where the 21 bikes were, which is the second teams you know the satellite teams had the, ended up on the best machines in the paddock i mean i read you know there was a headline here uh, benoit declares he is not a tester after qatar motor gp shocker and went about talking about how you know he the bike was changed in testing every single time it went out and it was just continuously being changed and they just he got lost i mean they just they never he didn't wasn't able to focus on his riding and his riding style um at all um through to after the you know the gp um because they just continuously change things i mean isn't that isn't do you find that uh, in this modern time um, with you know these teams with all the, the the people and the direction and the management and the all the stuff I mean I find that really surprising that he's come out and said that in this modern time in a team like that that they can still get it wrong yeah it's a really good point um, Murph because it's always been the same you know you, you notice riders if you leave them you know, you find something they're comfortable with and leave them for over some time, they figure out how mm. to get more out of themselves. And if you keep changing the bike, they never get to that point where they're squeezing everything out of themselves because they're kind of constantly adjusting, you know, to the bike. And uh, I don't think he's making up, um, you know, excuses for not performing. I, I really think it's true what he said. The team mm. kind of uh, apologised. But I think what it is is um, it's the weight on the shoulders of factory riders. It's what your mm. job is. It's part of it is, is you know, choosing the parts that come through from the, the, the development team. You know, uh, so Michele Piero rides as a test rider for Ducati. They try and develop new things, pass it on to the team, the factory team, and part of your job is to try them, you know, and, and so the, the factory can go ahead and uh, to, nobody comes up with more new parts than Ducati do, maybe KTM, yeah. you know, equal it. Um, and it's easy to get lost. It's just part of being a factory rider and why it's sometimes better to be on a satellite machine, as I was when I rode, that's just as good, but it doesn't change, you know, because you're not getting mm. all the new bits and you can just focus on your riding. Sometimes and, it's an advantage. And you talk about new bikes. The Repsol Honda are, are brand new bikes. I was reading that they, they were both pretty happy with them. I've got to talk about that, that ride of Paul Spargo. I mean, he wasn't he wasn't out of the lead until the start of lap 19. What did you make of his, of his ride at the weekend? <laughs> it was magic. He... He ran for his life, you know, that, and I know that feeling when, when you're in front and you're meant to think about, you know, 
race strategy and looking after your tyres, but <laughs> he got out there and he said he felt good and he just ran for his life. And the, the race time, meaning from start of the race to finish of the race, was 10, 11 seconds faster than last year. Wow. And we're on the same tyres. So, you know, the bikes have improved a little bit, but it was purely down to him stretching the pace the whole way through. There was no kind of lull in the middle where they try to conserve tyres and fuel. He just ran the whole way and everyone had to go with him. So, but he suffered at the end because of it, you know, running out of the, the amount of fuel you've got left so you can't have full power. And then the amount of tyres, I think that was the big one also for Marquez. A lot of other riders complained of front running out, front tyre running out of uh, grip at the end. But I think nobody predicted the pace like that, and that's why it happened. Yeah, amazing pace. Um, great to see, albeit there's clearly still work to do, great to see uh, another manufacturer, Suzuki, getting on top of some of this, uh, you know, the horsepower woes that um, have been plaguing them for, for quite a while. On the flip side, uh, Yamaha don't seem to have been managed to uh, get their uh, M1 sorted out too well. Um, just it, it's incredible to see the, the pros and cons that are going up and down, the, the world champion not looking very happy. Yeah, that's really interesting because Suzuki and Yamaha at the end of the year were pretty much in the same boat. They were very similar speed, very mm. similar. Uh, what's, their, their weaknesses were uh, the same, meaning they're, they're both in lines and not V4s, so, yep. you know, four yep. across the chassis, and they were lagging behind the V4s in the fight of the race. So they can keep their, if they can keep their corner speed like in qualifying, nobody in front, they're, they're really good because the bikes handle so well. But as soon as they're in a fight with the V4s that are stopping in the middle of the turn, they lose out, you know, and, and get passed down the straight and they've got to try and make up on the brakes, overcook their front tyres. And we saw it a lot at the end of last year or all year with the Suzuki's as well. Um, and the last couple of years, really. So Suzuki have gone and, you know, made a step forward and fixed the problem, you know, with the right height device, it makes the rear squat lower centre gravity, get better acceleration, and their engine's better performing. I think they've done something aero-wise as well, because their top speed's better as well, like a good, a good amount. Then Yamaha haven't. It's like Fabio's running the same bike, and mm. I feel really sorry for him, where I think Rins and Mir... Um, they didn't have a good one on Sunday night, but I think that's, I've got a suspicion that's down to fuel, meaning they couldn't run enough power the Push. race to make their guys um, competitive, and yep. they did have, have front tyre hassles. All I'm saying, I think watch the Suzukis this year, they're going to really do you know do some good results, and I think fight for the championship, especially with Mir, because he's so clever and consistent, you know, but... On the other side, Fabio and all the Yamahas, they're in real trouble because they mm. were already in trouble at the end of last year and only getting the results and winning the championship because of Fabio's brilliance, you know, taking big risks and qualifying to get on the front row or second row and then running, like I said, getting out front and running so he didn't have to be in the fight. And I don't think they've got the speed now to do that. And uh, one more thing about Fabio is, and I've said it, over the weekend is a rider can only stay professional and keep his focus and head together for so long getting his butt kicked every weekend when he knows he's good enough to win uh, you know I think 
uh, Fabio's doing a great job of right now, being professional and focusing on his job, but eventually I think he's going to blow up because mm. it's so hard to, to keep getting bad results when you know you, you, can, you can win, you know. So really sad the MRI haven't been able to step up because their bike has been awesome for years, and I think now it's just at the end of its, uh, end of its time, you know, at the front. Simon, of the 18 bikes that finished, uh, Remy Garden on debut in the KTM Tech 3 uh, finished 15th. What did you make of that ride in his first big outing? Yeah, really good. And I told him, I bumped into him on the way out of the paddock. Um, he was not happy at all. He's like, nah. And I said, what, you expected more? And he goes, yeah, you know, like he wanted to be closer. Um, but, I mean, that's only a good thing, isn't it? You know, it'd be a worry if he, he was jumping up and down like he'd won the championship. Uh, he is a clever boy like a hard worker methodical and i'm really pleased to see him come out on top of the the rookie pile at the end of the weekend and he did it with a recently fractured wrist and as i was talking to his mm. mechanics and um they were really happy with his effort and said you know and he did that you know really suffering you know because to ride those things all weekend um it's never really had time to to heal properly because he did it right before testing started and he's had to test and race so I think great job and you know one more thing um, the KTM isn't the most refined bike at the, at the moment it, it, it's it's the newest machine it isn't the bike to be on you know and he has got a second rate one and in the satellite team they haven't got the latest bits I can see haven't got the newest swing arm for example that's meant to get more grip a couple other things and he he does that you know it's a really good effort from the Aussie. And key too is you only learn if you stay on the bloody thing. And I can only imagine how difficult that is. So for him, Raul, uh, Raul Fernandez and the other rookies, those that stayed on their bikes, I mean, that that's just an achievement in itself, uh, I would imagine. That, I mean, if you're dead right, because like I said, everybody had tyre issues towards the end of the race it's a, because of the pace uh, Spargaro was setting, everyone having to burn them up um, and a lot of guys didn't stay on their bikes even Pekko Banyaya who is a, oh, I mean he's famous for not making mistakes and you know being super accurate you know bang bang doing the same thing every lap and even he made a mistake, uh, a lot of other, I think Mark uh, Marquez you could see him just trying to stay on the bike and get points you know mm. Um, because he didn't have grip, and for rookies to manage that in their debut, you know, like they're really impressive. Yeah, so good yeah, on them. Huge. Um, hey mate, uh, one just quick last question, and uh, obviously I picked up on it after I was uh, watching qualifying. Um, you've had a uh, um, you know a pay increase. <laughs> <laughs> or a job change, no. one or the other. <laughs> not I'm not yet. sure which. Um, yeah, bit of a sh- bit of a shock. Maybe not the pay increase, but a job, a bit of a job change. Um, yeah. Doing some the com work in the com box. So you, you're you're flicking between pit lane and the com box now, mate. Yeah. Uh, fantastic job. As I told you, I thought it was fantastic hearing you in there, having a rider with that knowledge and the knowledge that you garner from the pit lane in the com box. Um, I hope to see you doing more of that. I think you should actually be doing the races. Um, at the end of last year when they said, well, Steve was leaving, um, he was in the box with Matt, you know, all last year, as you know, uh, when he was leaving, they said, hey, do you want some time in the box, you know, uh, next year? And I was, I said, yeah, okay, but not the race. I'm not ready. You know, I genuinely said that. I don't, I don't want to do the race. You don't want to be ready when I, if I ever step into that position. Um, 
and you, you know you need time in the box before you just jump in and jump into the race. So uh, I said I need FP1 and FP3, so they're the morning sessions, and that's when you see the new tech on the bikes. And I want to know that. I want to be there to see what the teams are running. They said that makes sense. And then uh, a few months later, the sheet came out for the year, and they gave me everything else. <laughs> so so uh, <laughs> FP3, F, uh, sorry, FP, FP2, FP4, and <laughs> Q1, Q2, and all the qualifying you know, for the other sessions as well. Murph, I was genuinely nervous. I didn't even sleep the night before. I got two hours. But <laughs> because, uh, I, you know, just jumping in there, it's easy to, to make mistakes and get crucified, you know, by everybody. So, But I survived, so I'm really happy about that, and I'll be hopefully less nervous, sleep better on the next one. Simon, we're the lucky ones because we, we, get we, get, we get the uh, the joy of your knowledge. And as always, it's so, such a pleasure to chat. Thanks for doing this again. You know somewhere along the season we're going to ring you again, so don't be surprised when you get a text from Earth. But I trust you, the birthday went well, and we shall talk again. Hey, no hey, problem thanks, at all. I, I don't mind at all. There you go. You're, you're, si- you're welcome. Go and have your coffee. Good to talk to you.